This is WSKG News. I'm Brent Fox. Hurricane Adalia is expected to make landfall along the Gulf Coast Wednesday as the Atlantic's first major hurricane of the 2023 storm season. As parts of the Northeast continue to recover from devastating floods this summer, Jesse King takes a look at how residents can stay prepared in case remnants make it north. First off, it's important to note that Hurricanes Adalia and Franklin, both currently hovering over the Atlantic, are not expected to have any major impact on the Northeast. Brian Simnecki is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service's New York office, which monitors the lower Hudson Valley, New York metropolitan area, Long Island, and southern Connecticut. Thankfully for us in the Northeast, uh, we are expecting um, high pressure to build in from the north, uh, and that's going to actually steer both of these systems away from our area. That said, hurricane season has historically brought its fair share of storms, strong winds, and flooding to the northeast. And this year's season may be tougher than usual, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. The latest outlook from the NOAA saw forecasters increasing the odds of an above-normal Atlantic hurricane season to 60 percent, with an estimated 14 to 21 named storms and 6 to 11 hurricanes, with up to five becoming major hurricanes. Simnecki says that could spell trouble for vulnerable areas. Many counties in the Hudson Valley are still picking up the pieces from July when heavy rain washed out roads and devastated homes and businesses. Simnecki says it's hard to gauge the total rainfall across the region as it was very uneven, but those who got hit got hit hard. The ground can only hold so much water before it can't hold any more. Um, so if you get days and days of rain, eventually when you get another bigger storm, you might lead to flooding. Orange County was among those under a state of emergency. One person was swept away in Fort Montgomery, and the county as a whole saw roughly $75 million in damages to public property and infrastructure. Deputy Commissioner of Emergency Services Alan Mack says the county has made some progress since then, particularly to roads and bridges, thanks to federal emergency management agency aid. But he says many residents are still waiting for individual assistance from FEMA. Mack says the county is meeting all of FEMA's standards for the funding, but unfortunately, individual assistance can be rare. I know that our senators and uh, congresspeople have uh, reached out to FEMA to encourage them to sign it, and I do not know. We we talk with the state every day. They're our liaison to the federal government, and they just keep saying, well, no answer yet, no answer yet. FEMA is now dealing with the, um, the rain in Southern California and the fire in Maui, Hawaii. And soon, perhaps Florida, where Adalia is expected to make landfall. Mac's main job, he says, is to help residents prepare for the next storm, and each storm provides new lessons. Mac says a lot of the county's hazard mitigation strategy is based on the impacts of Hurricane Irene and Superstorm Sandy in 2011 and 2012. Back then, he says the county learned the importance of enlarging its drainage pipes to prevent them from being clogged by debris that could in turn wash out roads. Mac says municipalities have a knack for spotting their most vulnerable infrastructure and will often either build those roads up or increase the drainage around them. In July, though, Max says he learned that even a well-planned ditch can't always compete with Mother Nature. He says this summer's storms happened so quickly, they caught everyone off guard. The director of the National Weather Service called me the day after the storm and apologized for missing it. And I was like, you don't have to apologize to me. I mean, the model didn't show that, nothing showed it. No one knew it as a thousand-year storm. So what can you do? 
Max says have a go kit ready now. Grab a gym bag, backpack, or a small suitcase and pack it with some essential survival items. Batteries, flashlights, a small candle, matches, a crank radio, and copies of your important documents. If you have pets, pack pet food and buy a cheap foldable crate, as many shelters will not accept dogs or cats without a container to temporarily keep them in. Also, Max says just saving your information for a rainy day is worth it. It might be something as simple as writing down in a notebook your key phone numbers. You know, we used to memorize them, used to write them in an address book. Now you have it in your phone. But if, if your power goes out for a prolonged period of time and you can't charge your phone, and then somebody else comes in with a phone that you can use, it would be nice to have that written down somewhere. Lastly, if you're looking to fly this Labor Day weekend, you're going to want to keep a close eye on your flights. As of Tuesday afternoon, none of the major airports in and around New York City had seen more than 15 cancellations over the last 24 hours, according to FlightAware, but nearly all were departures to Tampa. The Port Authority generally warns that even faraway storms can have a cascading effect on air traffic across the country. For its part, the Port Authority says it installed more flood walls, elevated its electrical substations, and incorporated elevated structures into its new airport terminals after Sandy caused an estimated $2.5 billion in damage to its facilities in 2012. That's Jesse King reporting. This is WSKG News.